I talk a lot about leadership and how important being a great leader is. But what happens when you're on a team and you have a really bad leader? They're a terrible manager, maybe even incompetent. What do you do? Well, you could quit, sure, but that assumes that you have an alternative source of income and most people won't be able to do that. Unless your boss is toxic and is doing things illegal or against company policy, unfortunately, the best course of action is to make it work. You need to manage up. So stick around and we'll break it down. UX fam, how's your mom and them? Welcome to another episode of Beyond UX Design. I'm Jeremy. If you're new here, welcome to the show. I am super stoked to have you. And if you haven't done it already, please consider subscribing to the show wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you are a regular here and you feel like you're getting something out of the show, I would really appreciate you leaving a five-star review. That'll help me out way more than you can imagine. And I want to give a shout out to Megan, our newest patron. Megan, thank you so much for your support. I can't tell you how much it means to me to have you supporting the show every single month. Thank you so much. If you don't follow Megan Thomas on LinkedIn, please do that. And make sure you check out Megan's UX Social Club. She's doing some really awesome stuff over there. So Megan, thank you so much again. I really do appreciate your support. And as always, thanks so much to Chris, Siraquan, Stacy, and Radu for their support. That means so much. And if you want to join Chris, Siraquan, Stacy, Radu, and Megan, and help keep the show independent and ad-free, you can become a patron for as little as $3 a month. And if you do that, you'll get some sweet, sweet perks for your support. And of course, if you think this show is worth sharing, then I would love it if you told some friends. For more information on how you can support the show and help more people find out about what we're doing here, make sure to check out beyonduxdesign.com support. A second ago, I laid out a common scenario where you have a really bad boss and you need to figure out how to manage that situation and make it work. But I have to be honest, in all my years of having bosses, going back all the way to when I was in high school mopping floors at the, at the Buick dealership down the street from my house, or even waiting tables or working in the service industry, I haven't had that many bad bosses. And the ones that were really bad, they all tended to be in the service industry for some reason. I don't know why. Now, that's bad news for anybody waiting tables, but for anybody working in software, that may be a bit of good news. And to be honest, most of the bosses I've had were at least halfway decent people. Sure, maybe a few of them had some quirky things that were kind of annoying. But for the most part, I can honestly say that I've been lucky enough to not have many cringeworthy bosses that may end up as a story on Reddit's bad bosses. And maybe I'm super naive or I give people the benefit of the doubt too often, but I'm willing to bet that for most of you out there, you're going to end up working for a generally okay boss (laughs) with some quirky things that you wish they didn't do but altogether, the not-too-bad kind of boss. Now, regardless of what kind of boss you end up with, managing up can be a critical way for you to be successful in your career long-term. So managing up is is crucial in almost any type of manager-employee relationship. It's not just for bad bosses. So Harvard Business Review defines managing up as being the most effective employee you can be, creating value for your boss and your company. Now, that's not a bad definition, but I found another one from betterup.com that I thought was a little bit more detailed. When a direct report through a positive relationship is able to make the job of their supervisor easier, it's all about creating value for your boss, and in turn, they guide you to be the best employee possible. So managing up is really part relationship building and part communication. This is really important skill to learn. Now, one important thing to remember is that most of the time, people are not promoted to management positions because they are great leaders. 
They generally get there because they were the experts in some given area of the business or they were there longer or they had tenure or something like that. So unfortunately for all of us, it's likely that a manager, especially a relatively new manager, is really good at whatever they were doing before, but might not be all that great at their new role, which is managing people. So remember that saying, what got you here won't get you there? This is a really great example of that. So managing up is really about making your boss's job easier. It's about making it easier for them to know what you're working on, to make sure that the team's needs are met, to make sure that you and your team have what you need to be successful. So part of managing up is helping your boss, and then in turn, they help you. It's not a quid pro quo kind of thing, though. Think of it more as mutually beneficial relationship. Well, right about now, you're probably thinking, why on earth would I want to help my boss out? (laughs) They make more than me. They get more attention than me. They get invited to all those fancy work dinners. What's in it for me? Well, I don't know about where you work, but where I work and at most places, employee performance reviews are generally handled by your direct supervisor. So managing up well and making sure that you are helping your boss to do their job easier will, without a doubt, have a huge impact on things like rating your performance and your progress, salary increases, maybe bonus percentages, depending on how your company does that, how valuable you are to the business, promotions, all of those things. And at most companies, your boss would play a huge part in those ratings. So at the end of the day, making your boss's job easier, it really makes your job easier too. Don't forget that. So how to manage up. The big thing to stress here is that this is not at all about being an ass kisser. I want to stress that again. This is not about being an ass kisser. This is not about being a sycophant. When we talk about managing up, we're not talking about blowing smoke up your boss's ass or flattering the hell out of them to get them to like you. None of that will actually help your boss to be a more effective leader. So doing some research, I found a few tips to help you manage up. First, find out what your boss actually does. (laughs) The other thing to realize is that you probably don't actually know what your boss does, to be honest. Everybody thinks they can do their boss's job better than their boss, but I'm willing to bet you probably have no idea what your boss actually does every day. So do you know what your boss actually does? I can't tell you. This is for you to figure out. The chances are good that if you're a designer, your boss is not spending most of their time designing. They're likely in resource meetings. They're probably trying to figure out budgets, high-level timelines, maybe overall priorities. They might be trying to make sure everybody has the software license that they need to do their job, things like that. They're probably trying to improve the design operations of your team. Maybe they're trying to figure out how to plan things way out in advance. So before you can start to think about how you can help your boss be a kick-ass boss, you need to figure out what they actually do every day. And if you don't know the answer, it's best to just ask. So in your next one-on-one, devote a little bit of time to asking them about what they do. Remember, one-on-ones are for you. It's not for your manager to get status updates. And in this case, you're asking them about their job, but ultimately this is to help you help them so they can then help you. So it's a win-win. One big point of advice here is to just forget what you think you know about your boss and what you think they do every day. The chances are very good that you only see a small portion of what they actually do. So spend some time trying to figure this out. Don't make any assumptions here. Next, remember that you are not number one. (laughs) You're likely not the only thing that your boss is worried about. And this isn't always true, of course, but in large organizations, the chances are good your boss has multiple direct reports, so you are not the only person that your boss needs to worry about. And it's human nature to always assume that we are the most important relationship that everybody in our life has. 
And we end up with this kind of spotlight effect where we tend to just assume that all eyes are focused on us all the time, that what we say or do is noticed by absolutely everybody. And the big thing I want to stress here is that it is critical for us to make sure that our boss might not know everything we know. They may need some context. They may need a refresher. So don't assume that your boss knows everything about what you're doing. Don't assume that your boss sees everything that you see the same way that you see it. And don't assume your boss knows everything that you know. So your job is to do your job, yes, but it's also to make sure that your boss has a good understanding of what you're doing, why it's important, and how they might be able to help you. Don't just assume that they are always watching you and and have you as their top priority because they probably don't. They probably have a lot of other things going on. The next, find out about their pain points. Now, it's easy to assume that our bosses have everything figured out, and that's usually because a good manager will not let you see a lot of the crap that they have to put up with every day. A good manager should be shielding their team from some of the noise that they have to sift through every single day. And their job is to help their team be as productive as possible and remove any barriers to getting that work done. So it's only natural for us to assume that everything is okay when it might not actually be all sunshine and rainbows in middle management land. And again, thinking about the spotlight effect here, we tend to think that our issues are the only things that our bosses care about, but that is far from the case. The fact is that your boss probably has a lot of other stuff that they're having trouble with. And a good boss wouldn't let you know that unless, you know, you talked about it. So it's important to ask about these things if you want to be able to help. Now, unfortunately for our boss, we often tend to think about how we might solve our own problems. And really, sometimes what ends up being easy for us actually makes it harder for them. So how we might report on our status updates might might cause our boss to have to compile all of the work their team is doing into some other format. And maybe their boss has a specific template that they want to use, but it doesn't work for us or for our team. And so your boss has to translate it all. Now, keep in mind, some of these things might not be because of anything that you did. Maybe, maybe there are other external issues that your boss is having or something unrelated to your team altogether. And it's worth talking about some of these things in your one-on-ones to see if there is some way that you can help out. Now, there are all kinds of things at work that we want to do to make our lives easier, and that's fine. But it's important to know that sometimes this makes our boss's job harder. And just remember, making their job easier actually makes our job easier. So I want to stress that I'm not suggesting you overextend yourself or make your job harder simply to help your boss. Please don't sacrifice yourself. Your boss's job is to help make your workday more efficient. But just remember that there might be ways that you can alleviate some stress from your boss by just changing up some of the things that you do every day. And remember, the end goal is to figure out what you can do to help your boss help you down the road. All right, next, embrace different communication styles. So everybody has different communication styles. So the chances are good that you and your boss are different in the way that you like to communicate. Maybe they like bullet lists. Maybe you like tons of data. Maybe it's the opposite. So setting expectations about your communication style is critical to making sure that you're on the same page with your boss. Let them know the best way to communicate with you and then let them know how you like to communicate, right? And ask them the same thing. Because the last thing you want to do is send a long email with all the information they need only for them to read the first line, or maybe you like to keep it short and sweet, but they like to have all the information and process it themselves. So they should read, you know, read the whole email if it's long or ask if the email is short, maybe. But at the same time, it's on us to learn how our audience likes to communicate, regardless of if it's our boss or not. And another example of this is with me personally, for instance, I have ADHD. I tend to interject the minute a thought comes into my head. 
And I don't do this to talk over anybody or to put anyone down or anything like that. Honestly, in the past, I tended to do this because if I didn't blurt it out, I would completely forget. So in my case, I would have a conversation with my boss and let them know that this is something that I'm working on and talk about how I like to take notes in meetings, write it down, write a thought down instead of just blurting it out or I wait three seconds before responding or something like that, you know, whatever it is. And this is important for your boss to understand how to work with you as well. So I want to stress here that I'm not suggesting that you go out of your way to kowtow to your boss or bend over backwards to make sure that they get whatever information they need. This is about making sure that you are aware of how they like to communicate and just making sure that you're providing updates or you're communicating in a way that creates less friction. That's really what it's about, less friction. Next, learn about the people that your boss works with. I do this silly thing where I play off of a, you know, we're a family (laughs) and I talk about my boss in the org chart, like it's a family tree. So my boss's boss is my grand boss and your boss's boss's boss is your great grand boss or your boss's peer. They're your aunt or uncle boss, or, you know, you get the idea. This gets really funny when you talk about how someone at work is like a third cousin twice removed and people have no idea what you're talking about. You know, I don't know if you get a chuckle out of things like that, but uh, sometimes you just have to make the workday more bearable. However you can, don't judge me. But seriously, this analogy, it kind of works if you think about it. You have your larger family tree. Then you have your immediate family, your close family. And you're probably more immediately concerned about your brothers and your sisters and your parents or guardians than you do about your great uncle or your third cousin. Now, you may enjoy seeing your cousins on special occasions, but you're you're probably not super concerned with what they're up to every weekend. And it's not too different from your org chart if you can stretch your brain enough. So you have your peers and your boss. And your boss has their peers and their boss. And they're an immediate family, right? Above your immediate family. So your boss cares about their peers and their boss, even though you don't really have to think about them. But your boss's immediate family has its own dynamic, its own concerns, its own way of working maybe. So it would help to understand these people a little bit better so that you can better empathize with your boss. Now, maybe you're not having regular one-on-ones with these people if you're even having them at all. But it wouldn't hurt to understand that group and what their incentives are, right? What their pain points are. What are their priorities? What are their challenges? So that you can help your boss be a better direct report to their boss and their immediate quote-unquote family. All right. So before we wrap this up, I want to go over a few managing up do's and don'ts. First, some don'ts. Don't become an ass kisser, please. This is not at all about kissing your boss's ass or becoming a yes man. It's not about doing whatever the boss wants. It isn't about being a people pleaser. Don't agree just to agree. Instead, be authentic. Be yourself. Push back when necessary. Absolutely. And remember that this is about understanding what your boss needs to be successful. It's not about delivering your work in a way that causes less friction for them. It's about helping them so they are better equipped to help you. Don't turn this into office politics. The point of all of this is not to manipulate the situation to your advantage. It's not to play sides off of each other. You obviously need to be aware of some office politics in general, but you're not playing politics. Don't simply tell your boss whatever they want to hear or avoid telling them what they don't want to hear. That's just as bad. It's not about flattery. Remember, this is all about authenticity when it comes to working with your team and about doing the right thing for your company, your boss, and yourself. Next, don't play games. It's not about playing a bunch of games. There are no winners. There's no losers. You're not going out trying to find problems simply so you can fix them or you're, you're seen as the one to fix them or even worse, creating problems that only you can fix so that you can become the hero. 
Remember the game of life, it's all about bringing everybody up with us. It's not to take anyone down. This is an infinite game. Don't add more work to your plate. So don't try to take on more work simply to help your boss. Now, doing this might actually end up making more trouble for everybody if you end up taking on too much work or you end up taking on work that you didn't really understand in the first place or you weren't adequately prepared to do. So adding more work to your own plate simply to help your boss, it might backfire on you completely if you're not careful, especially if you do a good job <laughs> because then they may keep coming to you over and over and over again, which will only make your job harder. So remember the point of this is to help your boss so they can help you. It's not simply to help your boss. All right, next, don't overstep your boundaries. It may be tempting to try to go out of your way to help other coworkers manage up to, but don't overstep your boundaries here. Stay in your lane. Your peers are adults and they can work however they want. It's not your job to manage how your peers work with their boss. Now, you're not being helpful to anybody if you try to do this. Remember that this kind of stuff is likely to just cause your boss more headaches and it's not worth doing this, honestly. <laughs> really just mind your own business. So the last thing to mention today is don't let your boss get caught off guard. Don't wait until the last minute to tell them something important. Don't wait until a day or two before a big deadline to let them know whatever you're working on won't be finished. Remember to keep your boss up to date on milestones. Let them know bad news early so they can plan around it, right? They can plan around bad news. They can't plan around no news. Keep them updated and think about the communication style and ways that works best for them. But also remember not to overburden yourself with this either. That's also very important. One of the biggest bits of advice that I can give you is to make sure above anything else that you are doing your job well. The best way to help your boss is to actually do your job well enough so that they don't have to worry about you. Let them focus on the other important things and not have to worry about whether or not they can trust you to do your job. All that other stuff that we talked about here today is just icing on the cake, the cherry on the top. You can't effectively manage up if you can't actually do your job. <laughs> Just remember that. Well, all right, y'all. I think that's it for me for today. I hope to help to give you a little bit of insights into managing up. What do you think? Have you tried any of these tips? Have they worked for you? Have you had a better experience since you started managing up? Let me know what you think on LinkedIn or shoot me an email at hello at beyondUXdesign.com. I'd love to hear from you. And if you like what you heard today, don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you feel like you're getting something out of the show, I would really appreciate it if you left a five-star review. That would help me out way more than you can imagine. And if you know somebody who might find any of this stuff useful, why don't you tell them about it? That'd be fantastic. And if you want to help keep the show independent and ad-free, check out those Patreon sponsorship packages at beyonduxdesign.com support. You can join Chris Siroquan, Stacy Radu, and Megan by supporting the show for as little as $3 a month. And there are some sweet perks like a badass holographic Beyond UX design sticker. You can get a shout out on the show every week. There's even a package to meet with me for 30 minutes every month. And don't forget to sign up for the newsletter and check out all the past episodes at beyonduxdesign.com. I hope you keep coming back for more great UX tips from Beyond UX Design. And until next time, remember, you're more than a designer because there's more to UX than design. I'll see you around. Take care, y'all. 